Welcome to another week on Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem Show, Sunday Nights. Originally a Zoom interactive platform where we discuss real life scenarios with real live people. Hi everybody, welcome tonight to the program. Tonight is a special program, it's our 40th program. We made it to 40, Baruch Hashem, and it's growing, I really appreciate it. I know tonight is uh, Super Bowl, and Baruch Hashem, it's been a very boring Super Bowl, so uh, um, again, I want to thank everybody for every week for posting it, talking about it, letting people know about, you know, what's going on over here, and that there's a shear, and telling their friends and family, and uh, it's growing tremendous amount. Me and Menachem are getting tremendous amount of feedback, and emails, and so many, so many good topics that we have on the horizon to talk about, and so many speakers, it's really, really growing, and I want to thank everybody for being part of it. Anybody who's watching the re- uh, the review, the, the replay of this on YouTube, please click on the subscribe button. Also click on the like button for Coach Menachem. So if more people see the videos, it gets more likes. The more likes it gets, the more people see it. Again, I want to start off always with thanking all of our advertising sponsors every week for promoting us on all the platforms. I want to thank first the Lakewood Scoop for always push- pushing us here in Lakewood, Lakewood-based program. Special thank you to Ravi and Yanif Chazak for always uh, promoting us on all the Chazak uh, networks. We really appreciate that. And a special thank you to Chayla Kaufman and Shmuel Summer from JCN, Jewish Content Network, for always digital Jewish platforms. Really appreciate it. Uh, Next Sunday, we're going to have an amazing share. Not that tonight's not amazing. It's also amazing. But next week, we have the world famous Reb Moshe Weinberger from Eish Kodesh. We'll be talking about enough with external robotics, how to become internally connected with ourselves to really grow in Yiddishkeit. And uh, everybody knows Reb Moshe Weinberger. He's the best of the best. So... uh, Please come next week. Try to get in early. It might be a sold-out crowd. Tell everybody about it, and we're looking forward. Coach Menachem, you ready for it? But now let's. But now <laughs> you're always ready. But uh, let's let's live with tonight's t- tonight's program. We have the schos of having world famous from the Ben Shushan brothers, Reb Ari. We had Reb Yossi here. It was an amazing, amazing share. We have Reb Ari, and we're looking forward. Um, let's get started first with our opening statement from our from our from our host, Coach Menachem. Take it away. Thank you very much. Welcome everyone to another show. Yes, Baruch Hashem, we are doing tonight show number 40, Baruch Hashem, and Hashem shall help us to continue. I want to welcome all, and I know there are new listeners also. I just want to let them know that, yes, we get together every Sunday night, and we have the recordings. You can go listen to them, MenachemBernfeld.com, all the recordings from the 40 past shows. And the topics that we get get to discuss here sometimes are really pretty heavy, eye-opening, and transformational. And I do appreciate all of your feedback. So I get to see how the crowd walks away with the information. And last week, we had Sani Perman, which was a very amazing concept about building a village for those that need it. And I just want to talk about it for a minute the feedback that I got, some were blown away by the information and about the concept and how people were vulnerable opening up um, about the challenges that they went through. And others sent in their questions and they did not understand about the concept of creating the village. Basically, why should we depend on other people? We need to pick it up, build it up from within so I just want to talk about it for a minute, and then we'll go to tonight's program. So we discussed 
that there are those that are lacking and they need our help and we need to create a village for them. Um, not always the parents, father, mother enough. Sometimes they need to have others. And while he was discussing this concept, many people started thinking, yes, that's true. I am lacking that village. How can I get that village? And I did mention it last week that um, you shouldn't uh, try to look for the village for yourself. Most part, the main part is you should do it for other people. And ultimately, we don't need others to build us. A person should build his self-image by knowing that Hashem put me here, put me on a mission on this world, and Hashem believes in me. And I don't need anybody else. I just need Hashem. And that's enough. Every day we wake up in the morning and we say, That means, Hashem, you gave me back the Neshama for another day. What more do we need for that self-image? But there are many that lack that self-identity, self-worth, and we do need to learn. And there are svarim and books that we can learn about it, and not only through the village. I do want to mention one book then that one of our listeners put out. It was from Mrs. Ginsburg. The book is called Your, Your Awesome Self. And I didn't read it yet but I believe that's a book that many would benefit from. Uh, it's called Your Awesome Self. And yes, we do need to create a village for our kids, for those who need it, for others. And by doing that, we get a sense of accomplishment and a sense of purpose for ourselves. But for ourselves, if we're lacking uh, for ourselves, there are places where we can um, learn how to build it from within ourselves. and. We actually had on the show Rabari Weinstein, it was show number 25. It was called Owning the Power God Invested in Us. And you can listen to the recording over there. We discussed powerful lessons on self-worth. So that's just uh, what I wanted to mention from last week. Now on tonight's topic, is change really possible? I better hope so, because isn't that the reason that we're all here in this world. And if it changes not, Rabbi Ari Ben Shushan, we're gonna need a little bit of chizik for that. But before we go to tonight's topic, I wanna mention one concept. And I think it's a very interesting concept before we discuss tonight's topic about change. A very important component before we go to change, we need to accept ourselves where we are now. That's, I know everybody's here because they want to change, but before we change, we need to accept where we are. Yes, stop for a minute, take a deep breath, and with everything that's going on in your life, whatever it is, say these words, this is where I need to be right now. And if Hashem, my creator, put me here and this situation where I am, this is where I need to be. I might not like it. It might be painful. And it could be for many, it's, you're going through the hardest thing in your life. But I need to accept it. And I'm not trying to run away. Because if we're trying to run away, that means I'm not, I don't approve with what Hashem is doing. If Hashem put me here now, and this is what's going on, then I don't know why, but I guess it's for the best. And this is where Hashem wants me to be. What should I do here? I don't like it. I want to change. I want to leave. Sorry. 
just stay there, just breathe, stay there. Keep on breathing. And the truth is you'll be surprised that if you try to do this exercise by saying, this is where I am and take a deep breath, you could start feeling sometimes your lips curling up and there's a small smile, a smile of relief, meaning that if there is Hashem that runs the world and he put me in this place, even though I don't know why, then I accept it. Because by changing and wanting to change, that creates anxiety. I need to get out of the situation. I need to, I need to. And our mind shuts down. We can't think straight. We have so much anxiety going on because I have to get out of here. It's so painful. I don't like it. And then we can't think straight. But if you stay there and accept. Now, again, you're probably going to accept because you want to change. But you really have to do some radical acceptance. This is where I am now. This is what Hashem wants from me now. I accept it. So I think we should change the word from change to grow. And tonight, Amit Hashem, we're going to learn how to grow. It's just like a, a blade of grass. I think the Gemara says each grass has a malach that says grow, gadel, keep on growing. It doesn't say change, change, change. It says grow, 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 keep on growing. You're not going to take a piece of grass and pull it, push it, and, and try to change it. You leave it where it is. And you give it what it needs, the water, the air, the sun. And uh, that's how slowly it keeps on growing by just relaxing and letting things happen. So hopefully tonight we'll be inspired with the insights with Rabbi Arib and Shushan, how to take steps to grow. Thank you. Thank you, Coach Menachem. Beautiful opening. Uh, let's start off tonight with our very with our share response by our very own Miriam, Mrs. Gold over here. Hi, Miriam. How are you? Thank you. Uh, by her family, Mrs. Miriam Gold, a maiden named Greenbaum, Chaim Greenbaum, and Malka Lieber. Um, was being is being a sponsor in Lishmas for father's father, father Yorzeit is tonight. She just told me a little background story. His father and a mother were married pre-war, and uh, they had one child. The name was Leah Dasa, who was also killed in the war. And um, after the war, they, they, they rebuilt the family. They had three more children. And tonight was the yard side of her father. And uh, we're going to dedicate the share tonight and all the hundreds of people that are here, much on the thousands of people that hear the re recording. It's be a schuss first for Mrs. Miriam Gold's father. Uh, his name was Reb Shlaim Shimon Ben... Um, where is it? Reb Shlaim Shimon Ben... Uh, I lost Chaim. Chaim, right. Reb Shlaim and also for the Ms. Miriam Gold's sister, the, also the daughter that was killed during the, in Auschwitz during the war, Leah Dasa Bas is uh, uh, Shimon. <laughs> and also those that heard, she just found out that Reb Chaim's, uh, Reb Shlomo Shimon's father, Chaim's yard was just a week ago also. So it's the English was these three people, Rizoycha, to have a tremendous chos from this, and the Shamash have a big aliyah. I want to also open Reb Arnoyach Friedar, one of our co-founders over here, to talk a minute about uh, about something about the Bika Chaylam. Arnayach, the floor is yours. Arnayach, are you there? He's frozen. He's frozen. He's so excited. He's frozen. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll get back to it in a minute, I guess. Yeah. Um, you hear me? Oh. Yeah. Go. You hear me? You hear you? It doesn't okay, matter. I would like to just tell everybody about a special campaign that we're running in Bika Chaylam of Lakewood. The Baruch Hashem, we have a Bika Chaylam representative that will be saying the whole Sefer film every single Shabbos, Beretzifus, 
in one in one sitting, which is a tremendous koyach of tzila. So we are asking that anybody that has any bakashas, any yeshuas, any tzilas could submit the names. You could give it to the host, to the co-host. You could give it to me. In appreciation, if you could participate in the campaign, we're asking for $18 a month for a year or whatever you can do. Be a tremendous chus, and everybody should see Mariduki Yeshuas. Amen. Okay. Tonight we're going to be discussing life-changing methods. You know, we always start off Rosh Hashanah. We always start off, you know, after a life-changing event, something happens, a Kabbalah, we want to change, a diet, davening with a minion, dafyoyimi, all these different things that we always try. We always get a little boost and then we get burnt out. And we'll bring Rebari here to try to have some lasting change, some tips, and maybe he can give us a little background of what, why, why this year came about and why he chose this topic. Uh, before we start, I just want to read his bio. Rebari ben Shushan is a Talmud of the Mir Yishulayim and Lakewood BMG, right here, one, one of our boys. A Musmach of the Jerusalem Rabbanut and Rabbi Yitzhak Berkowitz Shlita. Rabbi Ari co-founded Yeshiva Ruach Chaim in Yerushalayim, was a senior lecturer in Derech Arsameach, Jerusalem. Recently, Rabbi Ari moved with his wife and his four boys to Los Angeles, where he's heading a new branch of the Chazak International Community Outreach Initiative. A world-renowned lecturer and sought-after speaker, Rabbi Ari can be found on TorahAnytime.com, inspiring and teaching Klyisrael all over the world. Rabbi Ari, the floor is yours. All right. Thank you so, so much. First of all, I would like to thank you guys. Ashrechem, ashrechem. Uh, what an incredible opportunity uh, to be able to uh, to address so many people in Klai Yisrael, so to Coach Menachem, to Asher Parnas, and uh, to everybody else behind the scenes that I don't know that I have not been in touch with. Thank you so, so much. Oh, <laughs> what are we doing? What, what, what is this? So for everybody who's listening, it's it's yeah, it's late. Lakewood wakes up late. That, that's just what happens, you know? With PPP loans, they wake up late. I'm sure half the town didn't do it yet. They're going to do it soon. Brother. So everything, so they have. So Coach Menachem, he understood that everything is late. You know, who would have thought to start something at 10 o'clock at night? But then he realized, yeah, then we just start things late. That's just the way things go. So for me, I'm in Los Angeles right now at 7 o'clock at night. So I got plenty of time. But uh, for everybody else over there, we should get into this. So my name is Ari Ben-Shushan. And um, how did we pick tonight's uh, idea? So I guess it goes like this. I was asked a while back to give a share on habits, on changing habits, on like really lifestyle changes. And when I delved into the subject, it was something so fascinating because it was something that you find very many times in Chazal, but at the same time, it hasn't really been put together, at least from the resources that I've been looking through, it hasn't really been put together on a Jewish stage. And so I felt like this was an idea to really bring to light because so many people say that they want to change. And Coach Menachem, he literally hit it on the head. He said, we shouldn't use the word change. Tonight, we're gonna to use a different word. Um, but so many people say that they wanna change for lack of a better term right now. And let's face it, we've all started it. And so many of us have fallen very short of the very big ideas that we wanted to hit. And so when they reached out to me from Coach Menachem and they said, what should we talk about? I felt that doing it for real, like just grabbing it for real life and just 
becoming what it is that Hashem had put us in this world for and living it to the fullest at every single moment that we possibly can, not doubting ourselves all the time, not being upset or getting down at life in general all the time, being able to pull ourselves out of that depressive almost muck and being able to grab reality at its fullest. I, I, I really believe and we're going to go through many different ideas and lessons tonight to make that possible. And I was telling this to, to Rabbi Usher, to Coach Menachem, that this is the 40th share. And it's quite amazing that it's the number 40 because you know, the morale uh, in, in his number system, the morale, the number four, the number four takes things, the number four takes things from its possibility to its reality. Who knows? Four, I know four. Four are the imahot, are the mothers. And what makes mothers mothers is the fact that they can produce children. They take from the man and then they go take the koach of the man to bring it lepoil, to bring it to reality. The morale tells us that the number four is bringing things made koach lepoil. And the number 10, the morale teaches us the number 10 is always Asar Mamarot, Asar Dibrot. The number 10 is always a new reality. A new world is built on that. Hashem will undo reality with number 10. That was a 10 Makot. And then redo reality. That's the Asar Dibrot, this week's parasha. Says the Maran, when you have four times 10, when you have 40, that's the brand new reality brought to its ultimate possibility. And that's what we're going to try to do tonight in the number 40. We're going to try to take the ultimate reality that we believe that we can actually hit, but then breathe a life of possibility so that we can actually hit it. So I am really, really pumped for tonight. And Lachayim to everybody who uh, is not watching. I don't know what's, what's happened to the Super Bowl. Did they, uh, did, did they win? <laughs> I'm so not a sports guy. I, I'm, I'm so not a sports yet. So I, I, I just don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, for everybody who jumped on after the Super Bowl, ashrechem, ashrechem. All right, let's get this started. So should I just jump right into my pitch of what we're doing? Do you want to ask anything? Let's, Talk let, to me. Let's start with pitch, and then we'll do some polls, and then we'll do questions. But remember, the pitch should be short, not long. Pitch should be short, not long. L'chaim. I like that. L'chaim. <laughs> so I like I like short pitches because when you have it way too long, you lose everybody. So here we go. I'm gonna set myself a little. Set myself a. Hey Siri, could you give me an eight minute timer? There we go. At eight minutes, Siri's going to let me know, and then we'll just go one more minute past that. So there I was, and I was asked to give this cheer. So I wasn't sure where to begin in discussing change of life and discussing um, habits and how they affect us, but I had just recently started a diet, the Vault, Buzz Haste diet. That means that when you're ticker, that's your heart, when it's not working the way it should anymore and you start to put up a bit too much weight and you want to like live. And so therefore you have to start a diet. You have to start to really take care of yourself. And I jumped onto this amazing app called Noom, N-O-O-M, Noom. And on this app, because I was told about it from certain people, they say that they got into the psychology behind what it is that a person needs to know to be in control of himself. And I was very surprised to find that, yeah, I mean, it spoke about losing weight, but there was so much more. There was so much research. Apparently, they had spent millions of dollars on all this different research that they did in understanding humanity's falls, humanity's successes, and how a person can ultimately gain control of every aspect of his life. 
And it was with that, and it is within that idea and concept now, I present these findings to you. So what I'm giving you tonight is a complete collaboration here between plenty of Torah that I've been working on for years in order to give classes and change. And then everything that I've grabbed from all these different research and everything else to try to put together in one beautiful limud and give it over to you. So there's something called finding your big picture. What I mean to say is, is that anybody who wants to be able to affect change in their life, step one is you have to figure out what is it that you want to become? Now I'm not saying a goal just yet. I'm saying like picturing in your mind what is the next big step that you want to take in order to reach what you would consider success? And by the way, this big picture, this big picture will change constantly and consistently. This big picture will change. Example, when I was single and I was looking to get married, my big picture was, I want to find a terrific wife. I want to find somebody who I can share my life with, somebody who's going to share the same aspirations with me, uh, somebody who's going to want to have children and want to bring them up in the way of Hashem. That was my big picture. Obviously, as life moved on, Baruch Hashem, I got married. Baruch Hashem, I had children. And then the big picture. So it evolves according to how a person themselves wants to grow and what they want to find. Certain people, their big picture is to lose weight. Certain people, their big picture is not to feel anxious anymore. Certain people, their big picture is to be able to make other people like them. Your big picture can certainly change according to what it is that you want to have. Now, step one in finding this big picture is really delving deep and introspecting into what is important to you. What do you want? Now, please don't get from on me with this. Don't become a from person, I mean, I mean, what do you mean? What do you mean? My big picture is to be able to have a relationship with Hashem, to be able to have a connection with Hashem. Slow down. Yes, that is everybody's big picture. I'm talking about your own personal one. Let me give you an example. If somebody's big picture is to lose weight, you know, let's say they just feel out of sorts and they want to lose weight. Let's just say that's what it is. Next step after finding your big picture is called figuring out your ultimate why. Why? Why is that your big picture? Why is that so important to you? You want to lose weight. Okay, let's just go with the weight. Fantastic. You want to lose weight. Why? If the answer is just to look good. And so honestly, I mean, your entire big picture, everything you can possibly muster from your deepest, darkest thoughts, everything that you had, your passion, everything that you're ready to split blood and die for, everything you're ready to cry over, it's just to look good. Come on, it's got to be bigger than that. Ultimate why, finding the real reason why your picture is the picture that you want to have. What is your ultimate picture? And then ask yourself an ultimate why. Why is that so important to you? Now, it could be losing weight is because you want to be healthy. It's because you want to be sure to see your children and your grandchildren and Bezat Hashem, great grandchildren, you want to walk them to the wedding. And so therefore, your doctor told you that your cholesterol is too high, your blood pressure is too high, and you want to lose weight because of that. That's fantastic. And by the way, you may want to lose weight because you may want to fit to your chasna suit up until you realize your chasna suit is way, way out of date. And now you want to go and find something that's, but you want to look good. You want to look put together because that'll give you certain confidence. It'll give you confidence so that when you go back to your real estate firm that you're working in, that may push you to become a better salesman. It could be that the way that you look will affect every other aspect of confidence within your life. And that's a great ultimate why. But you have to keep on asking why. Big picture, I want to work on my shalom bias. I want to become a better husband. I want to become a better wife. I want to become a better father. 
I want to become a better salesman. Whatever it is that your big picture is telling you, you have to ask yourself, why? Why is that your big picture? Now, you have to keep on delving into that ultimate why. Delve deeper. Find more reasons. Find more realities as to why you need to have that big picture. And the reason why you have to keep on pushing to find the whys behind it. Honestly, the reason why I started new, the reason why I started my diet is because I remember when my father, Baruch Hashem, live and be well until 120. I remember my father and his brothers, my uncles, they got together once in Israel uh, by my grandmother's house, by his mother's house. And before supper, they all took out their pills for diabetes, for high blood pressure, for high cholesterol, to be high. You know, just all the different things possible. They took out all their different pills and they were comparing. My uncle's from France, my uncle from England, my uncle from Canada, and they're all comparing and they each have a mountain. They're all done and they wash it down with Iraq. And between all of them, you know, I'm watching them like, oh my Heisen, what's going on with you? And they all laughed and they said, Ari, <laughs> you are a Moroccan. Hashem made your body expire at about 50. <laughs> and they all just started laughing. And they said, you know, if you don't have these miracles of health and science and medicine help you get past that, you're a dead man. So I didn't want that to be my reality. So I decided, so my ultimate why is, I don't want to have a, a mountain of pills that I have to take every single day. You know, I don't have to decide which leg I should amputate, my left or my right, when my diabetes kicks in. I don't want to do that. And so my ultimate why has to be so, so important because you need a lot of fuel for the next step. And the next step, after you figure out your big picture, what you want to do, and then your ultimate why, why you want to do it. And it's got to be real. It's got to be so strong. It's got to be so pertinent to you. Then, then you decide to change. You see, but not change. Change is a bad word, like, like we said before. Change is something that happens automatically. Change will happen just by itself. We don't want change. What we want is progress. Progress is so much different than change. You see, change is happening all around us all the time. Change, I mean, the president changes. There's nothing you can do about it. The rules of life change. Your body changes. You're getting older. That changes. There's nothing you can do about that. You, if, you're losing your, if you're losing your hair, that eh, changes. Eight, are we at eight minutes? Okay. 60 seconds of this one. You're losing your hair. All these different things change. Life changes. Progress. Progress is when you decide to actually go very many times in the opposite way of change. You ever hear yourself say, why can't things be the way that they used to? If you want to be as healthy as you used to be in your 20s and your 30s, so then change is going this way away from the health that you used to have and progress actually goes this way. I think that's shot and why Sarah was known to be 100 like she was 20, like she was seven. She was somebody who lived a life that progressed backwards. And we see that ultimately because when she was 100, she was all of a sudden given a rechem like somebody who was 20. It was something that actually progressed in the opposite direction. And if somebody wants to progress in a healthy way, look, there are unhealthy progressions if you want to go against change. If you ever see a uh, man in his 70s and he's bold and he gets a bad toupee, have you ever seen a bad toupee? <laughs> 
you'll know if you have because you can't look the other way. It's impossible. You know, it's it's just literally like, oh my gosh, there's something connected to his forehead. It's just an odd thing. If people try to progress against change in the wrong way, it's pathetic. But if people want to progress in the correct way, if you want to progress against change and you want to start to really do things in your life that's going to cause an ultimate change in your life, what you have to do is you have to decide I'm going to start to progress towards that ultimate picture that I found. And tonight we're going to talk about how to progress, but that's my pitch. All right, Rabbi Stark, you're getting you're gonna get ready. The crowd here is ready to, to attack you. You good? Make a look high. Bring it. Okay, I'll give you a one minute break. We'll take a little poll. Okay, everybody, let's do our, our weekly polls. Okay, do you have a goal that you would like to achieve? First question. Yes, I have a specific goal. Option A. Option B, yes, but not specific. Option C, I'm fine. Nothing to change. I'm perfectly happy. Second question is, what was your experience in the, in the past with change? I made clear changes in the past. That's option A. Option B, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Option C, I, I always failed with the change I wanted to make. Barry, see the questions? That's pretty cool. You guys can do this. Pretty spot on, right? Wow, I'm shocked. I mean, I thought like for a Lakewood-based thing, you would hold up a cardboard. <laughs> don't, don't, don't judge a book by, 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 its, by its zip code. That should have... <laughs> Do you have a goal that you'd like to achieve? Okay, we're going to go five more seconds. Yes, I have a specific goal. Yes, but not specific. I'm fine, nothing to change. Question two, what was your experience in the past with change? I made clear changes in the past. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I failed. I always failed with the change I always, what I wanted to make. Okay, ready? Let's share the wow. results with everybody. Five, four, three, two, one. Here we go. Okay, first question. Do you have a goal that you would like to achieve? The winning answer is 58%. Yes, I have a specific goal. So everybody here tonight, Rabari, has a goal that they want to get to and they want to be successful. 36% of the people say yes, but they're not specific. And 5%, I'm fine, nothing to change. There's a very growing crowd over here. The people want to have a goal. Second question, what was your experience in the past with change? I made clear ch changes in the past, 18%, 65%. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And 17% of the people says, I always failed with the change I wanted to make. Wow. Pretty interesting, hey. right? Okay, so you could, very, uh, very cool. So a lot of people have a specific goal. Um, let's face it, question number, uh, the part yes, but not specific, that's kind of a trick question because... No, no, I think that's a fair question. You're saying, I want to lose weight. No, I have some goals. I have a bunch of little things, nothing specific that's my, 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 you know, my eye on the tiger type of thing. Okay, gotcha. let's okay. start with some questions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start. We got a bunch of emails people send in. Everybody can turn on your cameras, get involved. Everybody wants you to ask questions. It's meant to be, you know, interactive. Everybody, are you ready to answer everybody's question tonight? Okay, it? let's bring it. Ah, oh, what's on? Okay. Can, can uh, I give a shout out? One second, can I give a shout out to some of my students over here? $100 a shout out. Go all night. $100 a shout out, Nima and Liel. You can send your checks in to <laughs> Coach Menachem. Yehuda put on a shirt. Um, <laughs> let's see. Gavaldo, the Haley Ruff, Thule. Ah, Rebetzin Newcomb. I was with your husband in Utah a few weeks back. What a Gavaldo Giyid. We, we, we composed a song together. Uh, look at these hidden. Okay, okay, everybody. I, I'm, I'm not going to go the whole night giving a shout out, but just uh, some of my students. Okay, let's get into this. Okay, uh, let's, Bashi, let's do this. Let's start with the first question. Okay, with all the information, I tried many things, but at the end of the day, I find myself back at square one with no change in sight. What am I missing? That's the first question of the night. Right. So very general question. Very general question, but a very necessary question. Yeah. What is it that I'm missing? Because like I've started 
to do change so many times. And, uh, you know, Rob, I, I'm just back in the, in the same place again. So it's a beautiful thought. And I want everybody to really focus in on this. Sheva yipol tzaddik v'kam. We say that seven times a tzaddik falls down v'kam and he gets back up again. Why does he have to be a tzaddik in, in order to be able to get back up again? I don't understand. Shouldn't it just be sheva yipol ish adam v'kam? Why, why does Shlomo Melech feel that this has to be a tzaddik in particular? Look, there are plenty of Rishayim who have accomplished really incredible things. You know, it, it, it's, it's not like there hasn't been a Russia that we can think of who lived in the past hundred years who unfortunately his plans did unfold after very many tries of him being put in a loony bin up until he was unfortunately voted into the top of the entire German legislature. And then he went and took over Germany. And unfortunately, that Rasha, his incredibly devilish and incredibly inhuman, and may he rot in Gehenam for eternity. But he was Chevy Yipolvikam. He, he picked himself up many times. Plenty of bad people have picked themselves up many a time. So Hedrim Naftuli, it's 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 not just it's not just Russia, it's not just Sadiq, rather, it's Russia also. So why does it say it's Sadiq? Coach Menachem, you like the question? It's a good question, I think. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. So I believe that the answer goes like this. Everybody gets so psyched to start something. <laughs> Everybody gets so, you know, we say that kolas chalas kashas. We say that everything, every time you try to get started with something, it's difficult. It's true. But when Chazal is talking about that concept of kolas chalas kashas, that's something completely different. Chazal was not referring to starting a diet, starting to work on your shalom bias, starting to work on being a better parent, starting to work on figuring out how to make more money, starting to work on controlling your tithes, starting to work on not looking at bad things, starting to work at not getting angry, all of these different things that you're starting to work on. And those are concepts. The things that we just said are things that everybody, everybody tries to start on. And ultimately, you're the same angry person that you were five, six years ago. You're the same perverse person that you were five, six years ago. So what happened exactly? It was easy to start. You remember how excited you were? Do you remember it came to Rosh Hashanah? You remember yourself by Uman? You were you were clapping like a seal. Uh, 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 uh. You were going crazy. You were so excited. You the You the And you decided that you're starting, and you bought a book. You bought a book. Oh yeah, you bought a book. Anger, no more. Perversion, goodbye. Success, yes, please. You know, you bought five love languages in every language. <laughs> they sell it in Yiddish, they sell it in Hebrew, right? Because you were becoming the best husband possible. And so you decided, so Kolas Chalas, not so cautious. Everybody gets to start. Everybody starts something. And then you have what we call the hype. You're in the hype. That's it. You know, everybody turns into a seminary girl. That's what happens. <laughs> You, you just decide, I'm going to read the entire Igeret Haramban. I'm just going to read the whole Igeret Haramban. And I'm never going to be angry again. And art school split it into 30 days. And so therefore, I'm going to start today. And everybody has that. And you're in your hype. You, you start. You're going to do push-ups. You're going you're gonna, to, that's it. You're doing a keto diet. <laughs> and what happens after three days, four days? What happens? 
Everybody, you're not seeing double. Liel and Lidor are twins, just to let everybody know what's happening over here. Uh, the one who's about to drink a beer, that's my students. They have issues. Uh, you did, and they're both drinking the same beer. What a move to make everybody confused that these twins, and then they wonder why I left Israel to go teach in LA. Okay, so yeah, all the love. So now, what happens? What happens over here? You get psyched up, but then after day three of Rimi in Garis Haramban, or after a week or two weeks of going through it, you hit your honeymoon stage with this new thing that you accepted. I'm only getting angry three times a day. I'm going to talk to my children in a positive way. I'm supposed to touch my children once an hour to let them know they have physical touch. Or you do the Rabbits and Spetner move, which is that you give four positives for every one negative that you give your child. And you decide I'm doing that because that's it. I'm going all in with it. And you have your hype, you have your honeymoon stage, but then, then you take a family vacation. It's that ride in the minivan that ruins us all. <laughs> because you were gonna be so calm with your kids up until you decided to drive for more than two hours with them in the minivan. And they start going crazy. And you start yelling and screaming and the Garrison is out the window. And your diet is out the window because there are no Walmarts around where you live in Brooklyn. So when you drove out and you finally hit the first Walmart, you went and you bought Lost you. He's frozen. Give him a sec. Menachem, just take over. Let's see. Everybody's give one second. I think he just fell out. So I think he's painting a nice picture for us to understand before he goes to the solution, because we know the problem. <laughs> We're trying to figure out why Sheva Yibel Tzadik become. And uh, it sounds like he said that Aschalus cautious is not so cautious because we're inspired, we're motivated. Let me know when he's on. Yeah, he's coming back in, let's give him one second. Well, continue, one second. continue. I don't know if he'll mention anything about perfection, we want everything to work now, today. We don't like the process. We want, it to, we want to read the book, figure it out and say, I got it and it works. Well, it doesn't work that way, obviously. It's, it's, it takes right. time. Now, please coach, keep Welcome on going. Welcome back. I was just yeah. saying that everybody I'm wants things to happen now. You buy that book. You read it, you want it to be done today, and that's it. Obviously, it's a process. But you can go back to painting your picture. You did a great job. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. So, you know, there you are. And then we all of a sudden lose, we all of a sudden lose our ability because we believe that that's it. You know, I plummeted. That's it, I, I, I failed in it. You, you started a workout and you decided I'm continuing the workout. You do it for a week, you do it for two weeks, you do it for a month, but then there's always a reason. There's the cousin's bar mitzvah, there's the trip, or there's too much work at home and then you miss a day or two and, 
everything that you promised yourself that you're going to accomplish, in the end, it fails. And then another notch on your belt of another failure. And that ends up translating to yourself that you say, I'm just a loser. That's it. I just can't. And you see other people who have accomplished so much. You see other people who have done so much better. You see other people who have lost their weight, other people who have been able to finish books or to learn so much more. Tyra will be able to finish us, be able to keep up with their dafiyami. And I can't, you know why? Because I stink. Because I stink. And that's just all there is to it. You know, I, 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 I just can't keep it going anymore. And Rabotai, this is where the beauty and the concept comes in over here. This is how you keep on going. Please play very, very close attention. The tzaddik from the word tzodek. You know what the word tzodek means? The word tzodek means correct. The word tzodek means something that is real. Something that is true. Tzodek means yasha. Tzodek means straight. The person who can see life Sodek, the person who can see life for real, Vikam. He will be the one to constantly get up because built into every single goal that you ever take, built into it are failures. You must fail. You have to. There's going to be surges that's going to go up. You're going to have slips that are going to go down. Slip and surge, slip and surge. Life, the tzaddik, he's able to see the reality of what is, and his thoughts don't distort what it is that he is trying to accomplish in his life. He has his big picture, what he wants to do. Then he answers all the whys. Why, why, why do I want to do that? And he gets a really good running why. And after he gets the running why going, then he decides, I must progress. And he looks forward to the failures. He looks forward to the times of that, you know, so I didn't work out for a week, but I'm not a loser. Meaning there's something called thought distortion. We say the Ramchal tells us in Derech Hashem that one thing Hashem never created in this world is Ra, is evil. Rather, man creates Ra. What is Ra? Evil. Evil is darkness. Evil is distorting the truth. Evil is Shekhar. That always comes from you. If you distort the reality of humanity, if you distort truly what is life itself, life is ups and downs. And the moment you've decided to accept that whatever your goal is, you're going to fail most of the time, then that's awesome. Because once you know you're gonna fail most of the time, you can accept it, you're gonna fail. You're going to cheat on your diet here and there. But something really awesome, they've taken an incredible study that proved that if you do 20% of your goal, you're going to get 80% of your results. That means if a person decides that he wants to lose a certain amount of weight, to do that, they have to work out five times a week. And they, they have to only eat vegetables and they have a whole thing. If you only keep to 20% of those workouts, 20% of that dieting, after a while, you're going to reach 80% of what your goal was. The difference is, like Coach Menachem was saying, you have to accept that it will take time. Today, in our reality, we want things so quick. We want to have everything to become this 
instant gratification and to have it quickly. And that, my friends, is ra. That is sheker. There is nothing in Judaism, not one thing that God give us that is instant gratification. Go ahead, I dare you to find one. Everything that's worth the darn in this religion, you got to work really hard for it. And the reason why is because the Abish has built into us the ability and he built into us the maturity to take the responsibility of progress. Yeah, we can follow the rest of the world and just change. We can change with the whims of everything and everyone that pushes us. But ultimately, mitzvahs and chesed, somebody wrote, is instant. Okay. So, um, I don't know, when you put on tefillin, I, I, I haven't met the guy yet who put on tefillin, and then right afterwards he opened up his shaliyad, and all of a sudden there were millions of diamonds that came falling out of his uh, shaliyad bag. I just haven't met the guy. As far as chesed goes, yeah, there's a good feeling that comes and, and gets to somebody, but for that one good feeling that I know that hits people, to do real chesed, to turn yourself into a real chesed and not kid yourself into thinking what you're doing is actual, the highest level of chesed. We've seen real chesed. When I say real chesed, I'm talking about like Henny Machlis chesed. I'm, I'm talking about like Avram Avinu chesed. I'm talking about like Lakewood Beaker Chaylam chesed. You know, the chesed that we do is great. The chesed we do is awesome. I'm talking about hitting levels over here, people. I'm talking about getting through learning. That's an ultimate game of not being able to sleep at night because you're dreaming of the Ramban and what to answer the next day. Anything that's worthwhile in life is always going to take commitment and hard work and not just change. And honestly, if you're still seeing that same guy who's in his 50s or 60s and he's still talking in shul on Shabbos during Kriya Satayra, all he did was follow along with everybody else. I'm sure he believes he does chesed. I'm sure he does. I'm not taking that away from him. But did he ever progress? Did he ever care enough to take on the responsibility? He gets the responsibility of owning up on him becoming greater, owning up on him being able to control himself. And if he didn't, if he's still in his 50s and his 60s and he's still schmoozing then, so then this is somebody who never gained control because the few times that he did try, and I promise you, he did try. There were enough campaigns in his shul. There were enough people in Klein's who got sick that he accepted upon himself to not speak in shul. But what happened? It worked for a day or two up until his buddy sat next to him and said, come on, you're, you're going to be that guy. You're not going to be talking. What, you're going to start to shush people next. And he was just too embarrassed to go down that way. You know what? If he failed that day, it's fine. He's human. Let him fail that way. That's awesome that he can fail that day. But then the next day, if he'd only beat Sadiq, if he'd only understand that he was supposed to fail, Hashem built into us failures. Hashem built into us the ability to fail and pick up. That is the Sadiq. The Sadiq sees things in a yash sharp fashion to pick himself up and had that man picked himself up in his 40s when he started to work on it and through it all he would just say no I, I'm, I'm not going to talk in shul he begins to convince himself that he's actually somebody who doesn't talk in shul anymore instead of saying alright I'm not going to talk he starts to say I'm a person who doesn't talk in shul he starts to change his own reality and he says I don't talk in shul anymore me, that, that, I'm that guy. 
I don't talk in shul. Because his big picture, let's say, is to not talk in shul. There's a million reasons why that he can figure it out. And now he wants to progress in that fashion. He has to say to himself, I'm not a guy who talks in shul anymore, period. If somebody's trying to quit smoking, there's a very big difference between if he's offered a cigarette and he says, no, I'm trying to quit smoking versus, oh, I'm not a smoker. I'm talking about, so you smoking cigarettes last week? Yeah, I changed. I'm not a smoker. He changes his entire mahus. Ah, he may fail. This guy who's not a smoker may tomorrow grab a cigarette from somebody and just grab a quick shmef with him. Doesn't make a difference. Yeah, so he failed. You're a tzaddik. You see things correctly. And if as long as you do 20% of what it is, 30, 40%, you're going to be hitting your goal. You just need time. You just need to give it that time. Hashem gave us 120 years on this earth not to just be pushed around by the winds of change. Rather, it's to build a mountain of progress, to stand tall and strong within ourselves, to know that Hashem gave us these incredible challenges called midot that we can use to measure who we are why they're called that, and then to build ourselves stronger and bigger. At the end of our lives, we know the Gemara and Sukkot and Unbeis tells us, we're going to see a mountain, or you're going to see a hair. The Yitzhahara is going to look like a mountain, or he's going to look like a hair. If you want it to look like a mountain, like a tzaddik, it's because you yourself have built yourself into a mountain of progress. You've gained control. You've become big enough to be able to say, that no matter how strong the winds of change blow, the mountain will not bend. Progress is that mountain. Progress is built on being a tzaddik of seeing clarity that you will fail and you will pick yourself back up again and give yourself the time. And over the progression of time, you'll see that you will certainly change. All right, powerful. We have so many questions here. Let's, let's, try, to, let's, try, to, let's try to move on. Okay, you're on. Okay, um, thank you so much, Rav Ari, for this year. I just had a question regarding the big picture. Um, if you have conflicting ideals and just conflicting big pictures, then how do you ultimately figure out what, what helps you decide which one is your big picture? What, what a great, great question. So when you have conflicting big pictures, which one do you want to go after more? Let's face it. We all have big dreams. You know, I, I, this is really the reason why I had said to Usher before that the second question of it was a misnomer. Of course it wasn't. I just wanted to build on that and say, when people say that I have goals, I'm just not clear on them. It's because, boy, do I have dreams. Now, it could be, yeah, I want a big house. I also want to have more children. I also want to be successful. I want to be the best husband. I want to be the best wife. I want to be the best everything. So how do I go and hunker down and find what it is that my next big picture should be? And I want to answer it with what my Rebbe Rev Berkowitz would give us all. And I want to just preface this with how powerful this answer I'm about to give you is. I don't know if anybody here has witnessed the incredible movement that Rebbe Yitzhak Berkowitz, now the Rosh Hashiva of Eishat Torah, but then and still now the Rosh Hashiva, the Rosh Kolel of the Jerusalem Kolel. He brainwashed me completely. I'll tell you straight. He brainwashed my brother Avi. He brainwashed my brother Yossi. My brother Dovi was too old. And my brother Dovi told himself a speech and he commits himself. <laughs> Just something, you know, brothers would make fun of each other. But for the hundreds of students that have gone there, now it's spread around the world. Rev. Berkowitz would come with a few key ideas, and I'm about to give you one of them. 
the next big picture is the thing that's keeping you small. The next big picture is the thing that doesn't let you grow. What is it? It's, it's, it's not buying the big house. It's not. What is keeping you from growing? What is keeping your thought distortions that you keep on convincing yourself, ugh, I'm terrible. I gave into this I'm garbage and I can't get past it. I, I just can't get past that. Why? Because I'm a loser. That's called a thought distortion. That means that your mind, your thoughts are controlling your every which emotion possible and dragging you into the yawning abyss of depression. You don't want that. Instead, ask yourself, am I my thoughts? You take a step out of your thoughts. You can actually be a bystander and you can look from the side and you can watch your thoughts. And you can look at that thought and say, but that thought's not true. That, that's not true. I mean, all because I couldn't do this, that, that, it's not true. I'm, I'm not a loser. There are plenty of people who deal with this. And let's face it, I only failed in this, this time or that time, but it's, it's not my whole life. It's not everything that I am. And then you decide that thing that's keeping you small, that thing that's not allowing you to take the next step of what you believe godless truly is. For certain people, it's reading a book. Godless to certain people is reading a book. That could be what's keeping you small. It could be that, that on the other side of that book, you'll convince yourself you're a person who reads books. You're a book reader. And you're going to start to knock off books left and right. It could be you're overweight. And it could be if you would just lose certain pounds, you'll feel the world is looking at you saying, wow, she's amazing. He's incredible. He looks great. She looks incredible. And you're going to use that and then ride the waves of that to just feel so incredibly sure about yourself. And that's making you strong. So to answer this question is, Really figure out what is keeping you down, what's keeping you small, what's not allowing you to become big, and that should be your next big picture. Next question. Okay. Next question is, this is a person that has, has been divorced three times. Now, they say they know that they have destructive habits that's ruining their relationship, but uh, it is what it is. This is who I am. What can I do? What am I missing? Ah, this is what it is. This is who I am. So there was once a farmer. This is a mushel. Num number one, I, I have to say, Ashrecha for reaching out. The courage that it took, the courage that it took for you to be able to just do that and to say that I'm going to just throw this out there and make myself vulnerable, Ashrecha. That, that is not easy. Hi, divorced three times. You know, you're looking for happiness. You're looking for somebody to share your life with. You're looking for somebody to be able to have this nitzchias with. And you know, what can I do? This is who I am. So there's a marshal. There's a very famous marshal. There was once a farmer who was walking and he saw, he saw an egg, a very large egg on the floor. He picked up the egg and he brought the egg back to his farmhouse. And he put the egg with the rest of the chickens and the chickens sat on the egg until one day the egg hatched. And out came a little baby bird. And what did the bird say? All of us grew up with cartoons, with Looney Tunes. The bird said, mama, when it looked at the chicken sitting on it. Now, the thing is, this was an eagle's egg. And there was a baby eagle inside us. But when the baby eagle went and looked at the chicken and it said, mama, it believed that that's, that's its mother. 
It cracked out of the egg, fluttered its wings, started to walk around. Hey, what's up? What's up? And he says, hi, to all the other little baby chicks that are around over there. And they start to go out and they start to peck at the floor. They start to, and that's it. This eagle grew up with the chickens, pecking on the floor like a chicken, talking like a chicken, making jokes like a chicken. Chickens have their certain jokes. If you ever see certain, <laughs> they're just like, they're having a great time. And one day, as this eagle got much older and bigger, Why but there he was, he never. Why did the chicken cross the road? There you go, right? <laughs> one day, the entire barnyard over there, all the chickens are out. All of a sudden, it all got dark. They all looked up, and there was a beautiful eagle flying so high, and its wingspan was so large, it blocked out the light of the sun itself. And all the chickens looked to the elder rooster, the elder rooster with the long Dumbledore beard. And they said to the elder rooster, bus haste, what is that? And the rooster said, that my children is an eagle. It is the king of all birds. It gets to fly majestically in the sky above all else. But we're just a bunch of chickens. And our lot in life was to remain here on the ground and peck at the little seeds that man throws us. And this eagle, shrugged its wings, never bothered to spread its wings and fly, never even tried to flap them once or twice because it was convinced from an early age, it's just a chicken. You've convinced yourself that this is who you are. You've convinced yourself that these are the problems that you have. And you've convinced yourself that those problems are what make you, you. And that, my friend, I don't even know if I'm talking to a guy or a girl, I have no idea, but, um, that person is the greatest aspect of what you need to get past. Your bigger picture is certainly to find out what makes you great. Your bigger picture is to find out what makes you all of your positivities, why you have a million whys, how you're going to begin to delve into each of those issues that you have one at a time. And you're gonna to start to see which each of those issues, those issues aren't you. Those are characteristics that you have, but those issues are not you. And if it's anger, yeah, you may have to go to a therapy. You may have to have a coach. You may have to have somebody really talk you down and really, I mean, I, I've had times where I've coached people just trying to go through their realities and we would sit there and we would delve and delve and then there would just be a moment of reality where we would get it and they would make progress like that. People who had anxiety, people who had depression with us and we would just delve into what it is. What's that nikuda? And once we prove that that's not you, it doesn't have to be you. Hashem didn't decide to make you in this world to be Eoiv. He already had one. That's it. There's no reason to have any more. That's not you. Will you have fallings and failings? Absolutely. It's a part of being a tzaddik. It's a part of seeing the bigger picture. As you progress, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. I'm on this diet now. Let me just, this noon thing. And I put into it, I wanted to lose a certain amount of weight. It said it'll take you five months. And why? It's because I, they knew and I knew I would fail. But you know what? Baruch Hashem, I've lost half the weight already. 
thank you all for telling me how slender I look. It's incredible, but I've been drinking beer through this. I smoke meat for a living to be Makarov people through dino ribs. That's what I do. <laughs> and I've been, but Baruch Hashem, I've been failing, but going up, failing and going up. Give yourself the time. Give yourself a five month marker. And within that, have an ultimate picture. Have the big picture. Have your ultimate why as to why it is. Progress. Your progress is to show yourself how you're not those things. Keep on doing that for five months. And I guarantee you, nobody's going to recognize you anymore. Amazing, Aaron. Great. Let's go next. Okay. Next question. We have a bunch of live. Let's go. Absolutely. Hey, Rabbi Ari, thank you so much for the wonderful class, the wonderful insight. Say um, so, no, no, totally. Give, give, give me a moment, just one second, Reb. Usher, my laptop is back up again, and I plug it into the internet, so it'll be much quicker. Could you just let me um, un, unmute me on that? Uh, the host, okay, there we go. Thank, thank you. you. Okay. There we go. Okay, go for it, Naftuli. Okay, thank you so much again for the wonderful insight on everything you've said so far. Um, simple question. I'm a person who gets um, influence from people around me. And when I was in yeshiva, like I was one of the top, one of the more top bachrim. And I found myself, even in the moment, I knew in the back of my head, I was being a certain person based on how they were looking at me and how I knew they would think of me. Oh, where's Naftali? Always in the base measure. Always in the classroom. He's learning. He's this, he's that. And I was acting and making making decisions based on what they thought. Now I'm married, not with the same people. I'm in touch with some of them, but I'm not living with them. And I find myself falling into the hands of the people who I'm currently around, which are the people I work with. And not necessarily the bad people, but they're not as good people. And they're not the people that I'm looking to make myself, oh, I'm learning on this or on that. So I find that all the changes that I made when I was in Yeshiva, which was awesome, I don't have with me now. And on the opposite end, it's making me be worse since I don't have that good interaction anymore. And how does a person who is changing based on his surroundings change for the better? Wow. Wow. What a good question. What, what a good question. Hey, Naftali. Uh, anybody in Lakewood who wants to buy wine, yeah, you, you <laughs> give you Naftali a call. Um, so, you know, this is a question of, Rabbi, I'm surrounded by people. And, you know, one of these days, I would like to meet the bad guy. What I mean to say is I would love somebody wants to get on with these things and say, hi, I'm the guy causing everybody else to fail. <laughs> I'm the one who's the bad influence. I'd love to meet them because I only ever meet the people who don't want to be influenced. I, I've never, I've never met the one going after, but okay. So how do we go and we're trying to be better. We're trying to build ourselves. How do we go and become better, better uh, Yidin? altogether and not be influenced by the surrounding, especially when I'm at work all the time or I'm by certain places where it's very, very difficult to keep up the things that I had going in yeshiva. So number one, let me give you an idea that my Rebbe of Berkowitz gave us. You know how some certain times um, you may hear a certain medrash, you may learn a certain gemara, and you feel as if, how come I never learned that in yeshiva? Meaning how come my Rebbeim never taught me that? And you feel a little bit ridiculous, you, know, you get upset. You, you really shouldn't. You're really not allowed to. The reason why is because 
Yeshivas are not supposed to teach us everything. Yeshivas do one thing. Yeshivas give us the tools to be able to learn everything on our own with chavrusas afterwards. Yeshivas give us the tools to be able to then, for the rest of our life, to be able to accomplish in learning. Similarly, your life back in yeshiva was a fantasy. I hate to put it that way. But your life back in yeshiva was a time where you were literally surrounded by people who everybody wanted to grow. <laughs> I mean, how hard is that to, to, to just be a great yid? Have you ever wondered what a ridiculous way God is running this world? You know, Hashem, honestly, sometimes I just really think that you're, you're not being straight with us because you keep on crying over your base on Mikdash. Wah, wah, I don't have my base on Mikdash. Build it back. <laughs> I mean, honestly, what kind of ridiculous religion is this that we've been in Gullus so many more years than we've had a base on Mikdash? I mean, so it's not even... Hashem literally sounds like that deadbeat father who just went and, you know, divorced his wife, told her to take care of the kids. And then he's telling his friends at the bar, man, do I miss my kids? Haven't seen them in years. So why don't you go? Why don't you go hang out with them? Yeah. Now, would you call that a good father or a bad father? That's a terrible father. And anybody seen Hashem recently? Anybody? Okay. Anybody? So where's our Abba exactly? So why is he running the religion this way? And the answer is, it's the best thing for us. How is it the best thing for us? It's because if we didn't have the challenge, if we didn't have the challenge of being in Gullus, being affected by the Goyim, you know, Rev Alexandri in Mesecha Barachot says, Hashem, you know, if not for the, if not for the new, if not for the yeast inside the dough, so then we will be able to go and to connect to you. But, and what's he's the Yetzirah, but it's because of the effect of the Goyim, that they constantly have an effect on us. It's the Shibud Amamim, it's the Shibud from all the nations that are affecting us. Hashem put us here because Hashem wants us to be able to build Olam Haba on our own. Why didn't Hashem just put us into Olam Haba straight? You want, you want us to gain Olam Haba? Hey, here's an idea. Just put us there. And the answer is quite simple. Because then we would just be malachim. We would just be angels. We would be an extension of God's will and nothing more. There wouldn't be Ari Ben Shushan, Coach Menachem. There wouldn't be Naftali. We would just be extended. How do you make your own address? How do you do that? And the answer is, you have to do something that, believe it or not, Hashem himself will not end according to certain great thinkers today, cannot do. Kfira, okay, wait for it. What, what that means is, is that there's something called kavod shemayim, honor of heaven. Honor, by definition, can only be a voluntary act by me to somebody else. If we have, we have rabbits and Newcomb over here, if Usher and I are walking down the street and we see the Halo of Joey Newcomb and I'm like, wow, Joey Newcomb, I love Joey Newcomb. And Usher Parnas is like, please, I don't like Joey Newcomb at all. So now I'm like wowed by Joey Newcomb and Usher Parnas, not so much. Man, 
What if Joey Newcomb took out a gun and put it to Usher's head and said to him, you better sing thank you Hashem right now. I swear to God, I'm gonna blow your head off. You better say you like my songs. If Usher says, okay, thank you Hashem. Thank you Hashem. If he just does that, he, he's not showing honor. He's petrified of this crazy guy with the long pants. But he, <laughs> I'm telling Naftuli. So <laughs> he's, he's not honoring him. Honor is something that's given voluntarily. Kavod Shamayim, honor for heaven. That's something that we have to give voluntarily. You build Olam Haba through Kavod Shamayim, through building your honor for Hashem. That's how you build Olam Haba. Reb Chaim Velazhin writes in Ruach Chaim, Kol Yisrael Yeshem Chelek Olam Haba. Every Jew has a Chelek to Olam Haba, not in Olam Haba. Why? He said there's no Olam Haba unless you build it. You have to build your own Olam Haba. You know how you build it? Give Kavod Shamayim. You know how you give Kavod Shamayim? By denying every other religion, by turning down every other ism, by turning down every other nation and their false gods, by living in Galos, you get to build your Olam Haba. Rebbe Naftali, by living amongst people who are going to affect you, you get to build your Olam Haba. My question would be after that is, how do I figure out my why? Because since I was being influenced by my surroundings, now I'm left with the question of, What's my why? Naftali, I, I just I gave you the why. I just gave you the why. Being in yeshiva, you were literally riding the waves of everybody else because it's no big deal to serve Hashem when you're in yeshiva. It's a very big deal to serve Hashem when you're being affected by your whole thing. What's your ultimate why? There will only ever be one Naftali Castell ever. And that Naftali Castell is going to want to echo for eternity with Hashem in Olam Haba, Le'ol Me'ad, for Nitzchias. The people around me are my challenge to gain Nitzchias. If I didn't have them around me, how else would I gain my eternity? You know what Kavod Shemayim is? By not following them. Kavod Shemayim is by not talking like them. Kavod Shemayim is by not davening biyachidus in the back of the wine store and running across the street and go hopping a minion. Kavod Shemayim is every single time you see a challenge coming your way, you laugh out loud and you literally say, I'm building Olam Haba over here with these challenges. You should go up and kiss every single one of those bad influences on both of their cheeks like Moroccans do inside a Moroccan shul because they're your ticket to Olam Them and your wife, by the way. Whenever she points out all of your faults, you should mama say thank you to her because all day, all she's telling you, Rabbi Neftuli, is how to get past all of those shortcomings and to be able to become a great, great yid. So look at the challenges as your building blocks to Olam Hab. Amazing. Rabari, next. One of you, tell me them. Let's go. Oh, let's um, go I'm mute. I'm mute. He's trying to talk. I'm mute. Let's go. Awesome. Hey, Rebbe. It's very nice to see you. What's uh, up, love? Always, How you doing? It's always, it's always nice to see your face, Rebbe. I miss you a lot. Okay. Oh, I miss you too. Let's, let's jump to the question. Okay. Um, so my, I really have, it's a two-part question. Okay. My first part is, how do you combat the false sense of temporary achievement and keep propelling forward? And my follow-up question to that question would be is, when you do work on a, a very specific thing, how do you, how do you, at which point do you stop and think and tell yourself, okay, I've, I've achieved, I've achieved the first step. 
in many steps, but this is time to start taking the second step instead of being too wildly ambitious and burning yourself out. Because I tend to be uh, a black and white person, so. That okay, so Lidor, let's just get the first question. The first question again is, let me get the first question again, because the second question yeah. I got you. What's the so first the, question? The first question is, how do you combat the false sense of temporary achievement? Right. You, if you, yeah, if you like do well in something that you set out to do well for like a week, right? Sometimes you get this like natural high that you're like, oh, I got this. It's in the bag already. I can move forward. But really, it's like the, the, it's really the opposite. It's your mind gotcha. thinking and telling gotcha. you like, oh, yeah, you're doing well. You can just kind of brush it off. You have it in the bag, but then you just go back down. I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. So, number one, as far as the temporary gains, um, they're also, don't, don't, yeah, it's probably your Yetzirah whispering sweet nothings into the air, and your Yetzirah is telling you, you see, you put a filter on your phone, and now look, you're totally in control, so you can download that certain app that you failed with in other times, or um, anybody, you know, speaking Lashon Hara to anger to, 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 to most other things where a person goes and says that, yeah, no, I've got this, and then that's true, that it's Yetzirah telling you that you've got this and you got to be very afraid, but also you should certainly live within the moment of success with that. So number one, enjoy the temporary. But after you've enjoyed it, say to yourself, but oh, this is only temporary. Lidor, how come, how come nobody's ever said, well, I made a thousand dollars. I guess that's it. I guess I'm good, said nobody ever. And the answer is because you're, you're thrilled you made the thousand bucks, but obviously you need to keep on going. You need to keep on continuing. The temporary gain is a feeling where as long as you recognize that it's temporary, because tomorrow is another day where you could fall. I'm so happy, Leader, you asked this question. It's such a good question. Tomorrow's another day where I can fall. And if I fall, it's okay, because I know the day afterwards I'm going to get up. But tomorrow I plan to also keep on going. You literally... When you have the long view of it, months and months, and you're a tzaddik, we're trying to train everybody to see things from the tzaddik perspective. So then there's no such thing as the temporary gain ever being where you're going to stop at because you know it is a long fight. You know that it is a long game. You know that you have to keep on going. You have to be ambitious. This is why the ultimate whys are there. Nobody who's ever been ambitious about something was happy with their temporary gain. One more time. Nobody who was ever ambitious about something was happy with their temporary gain. If I had a student back in our Sameach or who learned one blot of Gemara and said, okay, Rabbi, thank you. I'm so happy with that. It's because they were never ambitious to learn more Gemara. They were just trying to say, all right, I accomplished this. Put it on their bucket list and keep on going. That's not your ultimate picture. That's not, that's not your big picture. Your big picture is something that you have to have an ultimate why to push such a fabulous, fabulous feeling that I want to get involved and keep on going. So the question itself is a misnomer because if this is really an ultimate why that has a big picture, that it's fueling the fuel, you're going to want to keep on going. One. Two is, the second part of the question was a great part, which is that, Rabbi, how do I know to jump over to the next level? How, how do I know I, I shouldn't just be happy with where I am? If you're doing building correctly, it's going to be an eventual organic progress. When you're happy about what it is that you're doing, you're going to eventually progress further. 
It's going to happen organically. It's going to happen by, by itself. If somebody went and lost 15 pounds, they want to lose another five. They want to lose another 10 because they got this. If somebody learned one daft, they want to learn two if they really enjoyed it. They want to keep on going. It's not that I look at it that, okay, level one, now level two. I'm supposed to look at it and please everybody concentrate on this. I'm supposed to look at it that I'm given one chance at this life. I want to be the best yid that I can. And there's a progress that I have to keep on going. You can always become a better husband. You can always become a better wife, a better father. You can always become somebody who can do more. You never look at it as stages as much as you look at it that I'm just going to keep it going. You should always do a little bit more, a little bit more. Demand of yourself a little bit more. Don't look at a stage one, stage two, little bit more, little bit more, little bit more. You hit what you wanted to hit, demand a little bit more, demand a little bit more. But it's part of the progress that keeps on going. But it never looks like this. It looks like this. It goes up like that with things that go down and go up. You're going to have slip surge, slip surge going up the whole time. All right, next. Okay, you ready for the next one? Here we go. We have a lot. Keep on going. Hi. Who's? You're on. Oh, me? Yes, you. I start cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, thank okay. you. Okay, yeah, so I'm, yeah, you're, I'm, you're, you're, Okay, yeah, I hope you can hear me. Um, I wanted to ask, um, there's a whole idea of like, there's maybe the, you can have ideals versus certain realities. And I'll just first start with a joke. W.C. Fields is a famous comedian who said, if first you don't succeed, try, try again, then give up. No use being a fool about it. So the idea is how do we know we're not kidding ourselves about certain goals? Like, um, like you can want to be a pianist if you don't have the right talent or skill set, or you simply might be even too old to, to start something, a brand new, um, you know, career, um, whatever. I sometimes I, because I hear these conflicting messages that you can be whatever you want to be, and it's all just self-esteem. It's all, you know, of course you're just not making excuses, but it's often there are certain realities, like you may have certain limitations, and how do you? How do you like maybe accept these without sinking into defeatism or negativity? Great, great question. I'm so happy that you asked that, Rabbitson. Thank you so, so much for having asked that question. It's so yeah. important because number one, it's a compliment because maybe you kind of backhanded compliment. I sounded like a Disney movie for five minutes. I made people think that they can do anything, but that's really bad. Because if I made people feel like they can do anything, they're going to end up doing nothing. I absolutely agree. Being realistic within what our goals are, it's not only necessary, but it's what your big picture is really meant to be built on. Let me explain that. There was somebody who asked before and they said, could you please explain to me if I have so many of these big goals or these big pictures, what should I go after? And I said, the thing that's keeping you small. What I mean to say is, is that I would hope that if a person is at a stage in their life where maybe success in money or maybe a new job or maybe learning a new talent really isn't on their foreground, it's not what they want, but being the greatest wife, husband, mother, um, you know, those things, neighbor, community member, 
things along those lines, that, that may be the reality. It could be it's writing a book. It could be it's simply saying to yourself, you know what, I have a lot of experience out there. I see that a lot of people who try to say things, but they're coming from a place of pop psychology and really not coming from a place of having wisdom in their life. And so my big picture is I'm gonna write a book. And if one person reads it, I know I've changed one person. And if nobody reads it, I know at least I've changed myself. And the ultimate why is because I've lived a life long enough to have wisdom enough to give it over. And it's something that has to be shared. And then the progress is you call yourself, I'm a writer. You may never have written in your life or maybe you've written in a more of an amateur way, but not, no, 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 I'm a writer. And you progress and I decide I'm gonna write a few lines. I'm gonna write for 15 minutes every single day. There'll be days that you don't write and days that you do write. But if people go and they start to shoot for too high, then probably this conversation is not for them altogether. I have 14-year-old Hasidic girls who email me day and night. And they write things like, Rabbi Ben-Shushan, I heard you give a speech and I'm trying to figure which midah I'm supposed to work on and, and, and how I can become a more balas chesed. And, 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 and I just want to tell them, could you go play like Monopoly Deal or something like, just, 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 just go live your, 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 you're not even, you haven't even, you haven't been born yet. You're not even alive yet. You're not even there. There are a lot of liberals who would probably, I'm going to stop the line right there. You know, but, but just ultimately, thank you, Leo, for getting it. You know, there are a lot, a lot of people, if anybody here took this message to think that they're going to jump beyond their pay grade and go beyond their possibility, so then certainly they're coming from this in an immature fashion. The mature way to look at it is to have a real introspection and say, what are my values and what could I do? Now, for the person that you may say, Ms. Ms. Cantor, you, you may say to me, one second, I'm gonna call you out. And you told the person who got divorced, unfortunately, a few times that they should look in themselves and then that's not really them. And maybe you gave that person too much of a feeling that they can go and change. And, and maybe perhaps they just have to make Peace with whom they are. To that I say, that person is not trying to become an astronaut. That person is not trying to become a, a terrific guitarist. That person is not trying to become the next Michelangelo. That person is simply trying to undo damage. And when it comes to undoing damage, that I firmly believe everybody can do. To unlearn garbage that has been literally shoved into so many people's minds that they've been convinced either when they were children, when they were married, or by themselves from negative thoughts to thought distortions to all or nothing thinking to really living a fantasy of negative realities that they've built these walls around themselves that now they walk around in a hushed silence and they're not able to really break out of that? If they get the proper help, they can undo the damage that has been done. That is for darn sure. And I believe that. And, 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 and anybody wants to call me out on that can do it right now. You can email me. Is my email somewhere if anybody wants to? Yeah, people are asking how to contact you. Give everybody a personal cell phone. They want to call you tonight. Yeah, uh, 100%. They do that either way. It's not a problem. I never pick up if I don't recognize. And I have a nasty voice note, by the way. My voicemail on my phone is, hi, this is, this is our adventure. I'm not going to pick up if I don't recognize your thing. Please text me. 
Asha, you probably even heard that terrible uh, voice note that I left. Yeah. It would have been on months ago, not for that voice message. <laughs> so it goes like it's Ari, A-R-I, at the strudel, as they say in Hebrew, at we are chazak with a K, C-H-A-Z-A-K dot com. Ari at we are chazak dot com. Um, if there are people on this chat who, like a person's about to get on and say, um, Rabbi, can I ask you a question? I've emailed you about five times in the past five months and you still haven't answered me. Can you please explain to me why it is that you keep on ignoring my questions? So the answer, lady from Manchester, is that I try to answer as many emails as I humanly can. There's a lot of emails that I just, I'll send you a thing and say, look, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not much sure about it. I don't have all the answers to everything. And other things that I will try to get around to it. If I haven't answered email, I believe that there, I will try to get around to it. But those of you, please do email. I love being in touch with people. Rabbi Asher, more questions. Right, let's go. Come on, let's go, let's go. I have a lot of questions here. Okay, there's a lot of singles on tonight. It seems like a group of friends. They're writing a question. They don't want to ask it because it's you know, they don't want to mess it up. Here we go. Any suggestions for finding the right guy? I've been single for years. I just feel like an endless cycle. Either I don't get dates or finally I do. And when I actually like the guy, he says, no. And then the guys that like me are not shayach. I'm in the meantime, I call Shat Khanim, I daven, I beg Hashem, I do tons of sigulot. My birthday is coming up and I'm just at a loss. She's turning 18, by the way. Like that, what else could I do? Side note, my, I'm just joking, I'm just joking. Side note, my mother passed away a few years ago. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm getting punished twice. My other friends are long married and they have parents. Any suggestions what I could do? Ari, what change could she do in herself to help herself? Oh, yeah, yeah. First of all, you know, for everybody out there, there's 400 people here. Yeah, we got hit by Corona and all these other different things, and I turned a lot of us numb. But it doesn't mean that every single story that we hear that hurts it doesn't mean that you can't just take a second and feel. You know, they say that Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, they, they, when he was in the hospital in the last days of his life, they refused to let him have a newspaper inside his room. He would always look at the newspaper because he would cry openly when he saw bad things happen and he would daven for them. He would openly cry. It hurts. First of all, it hurts. You're in hurt. How do you help somebody who hurts? So first of all, if you can email me your name after so I can daven for you. I, I, I would love to have this host to, to be able to, to daven for you. And um, Shaduchim is, is one of the more difficult parshiot. When it comes to Shaduchim, it's almost like the pandemic that we're in. Every doctor who thinks he knows what he's saying gets up and says something in front of everybody and thinks that that's the thing to heal it all and to bring the remedy. And then 10 minutes later, we find out that the doctor's a quack. <laughs> and we find out that the doctor said maybe made sense, but it doesn't work. Yeah, he doesn't got, he, he just, uh, he doesn't have it. The Jewish community has had a pandemic running well before Corona ever hit us and was called Shaduch. And it's a pandemic that is 
something I think that we've built from within ourselves, unfortunately. I think it's something that um, we've given so many, um, so many chashivut, so many feelings of importance to things that aren't so important. I think that um, if I was dating today, if honest, if I was on the market today, I don't know if anybody would have even looked at me um, just because I had cancer two times before I, I, uh, before I got married. Um, I had had cancer when I was 19 and um, uh, I had cancer again when I was 24 and I had had a stem cell transplant and the doctors said, you're never gonna have children. And um, you know, that was it, that was it. And Baruch Hashem, but you know, Hashem runs the world and ended up with a terrific wife and Baruch Hashem, I have children today. But you know, people I thought in my day when I was dating 15, 16 years ago, I thought then they were going through things with a fine tooth comb. You know, now, now things are, are, are just so much more pretentious almost when it comes to how people ask, when it comes to the demands that people have. And yeah, it, it, ju it just hurts. So um, I'm just going to tell you what, what, what I tell all the different girls that I have over here in Los Angeles who come to the singles events, different things that we do here. The Berkowitz would tell us that um, doing sigulot are great, doing sigulot are nice, doing sigulot definitely have a part in it. But doing sigulot, that's not what Shemaim really wants. I'll give you a quick example. Imagine if there was a guy let's say he's 38 years old and this guy never had a shidduch, you know, this guy could never find somebody to get married. And the guy is just like a terrible person. The guy's a raging lunatic. He's an angry person. He's an egotistical person. And uh, he's Sephardic, shocking. So he goes to, yeah, I'm Sephardic. I'm allowed to make those jokes. So, so he, he, he goes, he goes to a Mikubal, he goes to a Kabbalist and the Mikubal tells him, the Kabbalist tells him, if you give $10,000 to a certain one of my organizations, institutions, and, you know, you put donkey blood on your face for three days. So then in six months, you're going to get married. And the guy writes him a check, 10,000, puts the blood on his face for three days. And sure enough, five months later, the guy gets married. Is this what they wanted in Shemaya? Is, 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 is this what they want? So all because this Kabbalist, and it could be this Kabbalist, but there's a big Sadiq. I'm not knocking the Kabbalist. But the Kabbalist knew which names of angels to say, which Pesukim to do, you know, which fasts to do, you know, whatever it may be. This Kabbalist is on a certain level. And he went and he pushed his friend through to get into the club, right? He pushed this single guy into it. In Shemayim, what they wanted was that this guy should work on his anger, was this guy should work on his ego, was this guy should understand that what Shemayim has for you isn't a Disney princess that you've been trying to get the entire time. Shemayim wants you to marry somebody who was born within the same decade that you were born in, genius. And like all these different things that Shemayim was pushing for, for you to have, you went and you skipped purpose. All the purpose involved in what Shemayim cooked up for your reality, you skipped. And now you ended up ruining any chance you ever had a godless. When single people come to me, they tell me that certain things aren't shy of. When they come and they say to me, I'm not judging. I, I have plenty of friends who are still single. And what I'm about to say would not really apply for them so much. But for most of them, it will. You really convince yourself about certain realities that just are not true. You're living in certain fantasies that you've convinced yourself of.
you've made certain single rules for yourself. I only do two dates. I don't date anybody from Baltimore. I only do two dates if they're from Baltimore. You know, you, 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 you have a, because you're the professional dater. You're the professional dater. You know, you have all these different things, you know. When you say to me, you've dated a bunch of boys and there's not shy. So that means that, you know, I'm sorry, I'm giving this tough love right now. I apologize, but this is, this is who I am. You, you know, and you made all your rules. Look into yourself, number one, and figure out which characteristics need change. I don't mean reading the Agaris Ramban. I don't mean saying 40 days of whatever the latest thing is if you give money to some organization to go to the hotel for. I mean, within yourself, what are your negative characteristics? You look at life negative. Why? What are they? Introspect. Maybe Shemayim wants you to be an awesome mother who's positive about things. And until you can find a certain positivity and outlook of life, so then Shemayim is saying, yeah, we want her to find uh, all your friends. I don't know. Ah, uh, all your friends, and a lot of them are very negative. A lot of them are very, very downplayed. And a lot of them are just plain old jerks. And yet they got married and they have kids. I have no idea. But I do know Shemaim wants you to have an awesome home. I do know that Hashem wants you to have terrific children in a happy home. And I do know, therefore, that there's a certain work that has to be done, midas, that have to be figured out, felt out, and then ultimately fixed before. Other people have to work on their midas afterwards. And I find, and Usher, I'm getting to the end of this, and I find that the difference between the people who get married and then work on midas versus the people who work on midas and then get married, the difference is simply this. If the person who first got married then needed to work on their midas, had to work on their midas before marriage, they never would have because they're such egotistical and thick-minded morons like me that they never would have worked on it. They would have been just completely fantasy and just negative all the time. So Hashem said, throw Ari Ben Shushan a bone. He's an idiot. He'll never work on his midas beforehand. Throw him an awesome wife who won't stand for his negativity. And then maybe he'll start, finally start to work on his midas. Versus the people who are single and didn't get married yet, Shemayim wants to give you all the credit. Shemayim wants you to work on those midas without the ladder, without the help without any kind of stimuli from the outside. Rather, you have this and you can gain Olam Haba like you can't possibly imagine from working on those Midas beyond anything you can possibly think. And Shemayim says, once those Midas are met, Yala, Boikala, and then we can have a Shidduch come through. That's what I think. Go, but I'm completely wrong. Hate mail, bring it. Okay. Same email address for the hate mail, same email address? Same email address for hate mail, yeah. <laughs> Okay, we have so many questions. Let's go. Let's knock them out. Okay, you're on. Okay. How do I deal with the people around me who make fun of my achievements without making them feel bad and without me feeling holier than thou? Wow. Wow. I mean, how do I put up with the people? I... I, 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 I this is a kind of an answer I want to make sure that I address because you asked it with not just passion, but with a dark Rebson Weingart, if you can just one more time, ask the question again. How do I deal with the people around me who make fun of my achievements 
without making them feel bad and without me feeling holier than thou? What an incredible question. Thank you for that question. Ah, see, this is one of those kind of questions that if we were sitting with like a one-on-one -on -one kind of, you know, I don't call it therapy. I call it just, just you know, just trying to help you equal coaching, you know, but I would like, I can see Coach Menachem is like salivating in his mouth. Like, you know, he, he, he would love to have Jessica Brown. Well, what that means is, is that there's so much behind this question. If people are making fun of your achievements, but at the same time, you know that they're just dogs that are barking. Meaning, you just you know that they're smaller than you are. You know that you've come so much further than they ever have. Let me put it this way. Imagine if, let's say, I had a camper. You know, let's say I had a kid in camp. I used to run a day camp in Brooklyn 100 years ago. And, you know, I had when the kid was in my camp when he was eight or nine years old, let's just say. Now, I'm only five foot six, not that tall of a guy. I'm five foot six, five foot seven if I wear boots. And um, what if this camper, years later, I bump into him on the street and this kid now is six foot three. And this kid walks up to me and he looks down and he says to me, Rabbi, you're pretty short, you know that? I used to look up to you, but now you seem like a short little bald nobody to me. Now, Sarah, that's how I feel your question is. It's just like, you're an 18 year old nishkit. <laughs> you haven't seen life, you haven't accomplished anything yet. I'm short enough to see that you forgot to even zip your own zipper, both on your mouth and on your pants. I mean, give a look at you. It's a, and like, I laugh at the moronicy of it, but at the same time, I feel like it's a dog barking at me. And so for me to even respond, would be to say something that may make him feel bad, but I don't want to make the kid feel bad. He doesn't know what he's saying or what he's up against, but I know what he's saying is just so moronic and detailed. Mrs. Weingarten, is that muscle a good muscle towards your question? I just want to know, so I know I'm going down the right path. Yeah, you're going, you're going. I wish I could give the real example that I'm thinking about, but it's too personal. Okay, I love East Coast Yidin. You just ba 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 ba. Love it. Yeah, you're going down the right direction. Keep on going. Keep on going down Ocean Parkway. You're going to see it. Then make the left. But you can't make the left over there because of the service lane. I love that. That's a, here in LA, I love the people in LA, but they're so sweet. They're way too sweet. There we go. So what do we do with the type of people like that? So it's so much easier when you know within yourself that you've accomplished incredible things, that you've done great things in your life, that you're living in a reality that's MS. Now, I, I, I really want, this is why I said a dog barking. Um, the way the Maral puts it in Teferis, he says something incredible. He says that Adam is from the word Adama. Adama is the concept where the ground is something that you put seeds inside it and it grows out and it becomes great. And Adam is meant to be something that can keep on becoming greater and greater and greater. A behemoth, he says, an animal, is literally from the words ba-ma. In this, what is it? It's just what it is. It's a cow. It gives milk. You know, that's uh, what it does. It's, it's, it's just, you know, and it, it just has like a small place. 
When you're walking around with this feeling of I'm an Adam, I've accomplished, I've done big things in my day. I have a family or I have accomplishments to show for it. And then other people come and they can feel as if they can ridicule. I find that honestly, the best way to deal with behema, the best way to deal with ba-ma inside you is what? And what have you done? The best way is to just shake your head along and laugh. And say, <laughs> okay, good, good, very good. All right. And that's it. Rebitson, that's your answer. And I'm sorry if it's something that it's simply, you just learn to laugh. And now, now let me give a little bit more of detail to this. In Shemayim, they see that Rebison Weingarten over here is somebody big. And she's already accomplished so much and she's built so much of an Olam Haba. What more can we possibly do to have her accomplish? And the answer is, we're going to bring almost insignificant people to come and make her crazy. And let's see. If she's strong enough, if she has within herself the wherewithal to not make them feel small and to just laugh with them, and in her mind, she gives a bracha to somebody for something. And I wish you had the name of that girl. I wish you had the name of that girl who needs the shirach. Because the next time somebody does that to you, I wish you would just laugh. I wish you would just laugh and think in your mind, Hashem, I'm taking this abuse and I'm not saying anything back. And beschus that, so the shidduch that is terrific, Bas Yisrael. We know the Reb Chaim Kaniyeski said that's the strongest of the strong. So Rebetzin, you have a nuclear arsenal up your sleeve. Bring them on. Bring on the people who want to make fun Laugh with them and then have a list in your mind of Yidin who need Yeshua's. Have a list in your mind of Yidin who need Refuas and start to list them off and then Yutaka can laugh. Oh boy, are you getting the last laugh thinking that as they're laughing at me, I'm bringing Yeshua's to Kalal Yisrael. That's big and that's even bigger than what you are now. You I would, go ahead I, and do that. I would, add, I would add a little bit on a different note a little bit of compassion for these people that are making the fun because obviously there's something in them that can't see how she goes on and does what she does. It's very hard for them. So that little compassion piece and the next level, I don't know if you're up to it yet, when you start giving those brachas, maybe one day you'll be able to give them some brachas so they should be able to grow in their life. Valdek, thank you. Pleasure. Ah, thank you. Mrs. Weingarten, if you could email Coach Menachem at Gmail, and I'll have this girl who's on email. Maybe you guys could exchange. Maybe you guys, maybe you could dive in for a little bit. Come on. <laughs> Pesach Crow needs the story, baby. He needs the story. <laughs> we, need it, we need it for Coach Menachem's first book, so we, we have to make sure it's good. Okay, you ready for the next one? All right, you ready? Let's bring it all day. Oh, all you're day. Gonna it. You're going to get it. Let's go. You're on. Okay. This is the question. So um, it's like a year and a half now. I've been working on myself. A lot of success, Baruch Hashem, a lot of bracha. But the results of my working on myself 
turned out to be di very different than I expected. Um, I, I've been working on myself, um, myself and then on the relationship. And in the end, my husband doesn't want to be married. So that's pretty much it. And it's like, I didn't expect that. I expect him to kind of enjoy the success and appreciate it. And he does appreciate it, but he's like, now you're so healthy and great. Now I can go. So what do we do with that? <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Number one, uh, the courage that it took uh, for you to say that. And the fact that you said it with not much emotion, rather you said it matter-of-factly, tells me that you've cried enough through this that it's momish, it's at a point where, where you're almost numb. Hashem Atzil. Hashem Atzil. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What an incredible question. Oy, Evishta. Oy, Evishta. You know, Anybody who thinks that they can answer this just by this show right now and just saying, giving you something, then they're a fool. And they're just an absolute fool. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try to help as much as I can. But incredibly, there has to be some kind of a background here um, of relationship between your husband and yourself that predates you working on yourself that um I, I, if you don't mind me asking how long are you guys married um 16 years, 16 years. There, there is a story behind it um for me Robbie Berkowitz talks about when you get married you work on yourself right you talk about working and made us I I find it it definitely will be easier not being married but that whole working on myself, it's like, it's like the easy way out. It just kind of doesn't make sense. So, so, so here's the skinny on this. Um, you see, I, I don't know. Meaning if you're married to somebody, you could be a great guy and you could be a great person as well. But if ultimately the two of you together are just not making a connection, if the two of you together after 16 years, it's something where you guys and um, you sound very content with not being married to him anymore. And he sounds very content with not being married anymore. Let me put it in this way. You said that you worked so hard on yourself for the past few years, and that's incredible. But it kind of sounds like from the way you're talking now that you worked on yourself to be ready to jump out of a plane, meaning you were training yourself to jump out of the marriage, not to work into the marriage. Now, I hate to be the guy to accuse, but just, again, I'm just playing what I'm hearing from your voice. I can't look at your, like, at your uh, micro motions inside your face and see if you're lying or not. So I just got to deal um, some I think, okay, so just to go at the working on myself, you, um, let's say OA, right? You do 12-step work. You're working on yourself. So that's selfish work. I mean, about yourself and growth and it's amazing work. And then the second step is working on the relationship. I don't know if you know Laura Doyle work, it's working on the relationship. I did amazing work. I think that's where the, the calmness comes from. I know on my end, I did amazing work. I gave this man everything, everything. Did, it's, did. it's his It's his personal, 
issues and insecurities. I, I don't know. I hate to do this, but to, to ask these questions, but do you feel like you worked on it just to be able to say that you worked on it and therefore it's his fault because you didn't want to be the one to pull the plug? Um, uh, and the reason why I'm asking you that- No, he would, he would say that. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I think I wanted it to work. I don't know. I don't know. So, I'm not so, sure. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, I know. I, know. I, I, I understand that. So, so, you know- like going back to that girl before, I don't want to be single. Right, right, right. No, 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 I, 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 I get that, you know, but if being, if, if the whole cross of being married is just to not be single, um, so then that may be something that we want to build towards a little bit more. Um, it's funny because I did ask um, Usher Parnas before this, I said, what if somebody asked a question that um, would take a lot more work than simply, uh, you know, just to give the answer over here. I said, can I just give my email and then move on to the next thing? And he said, sure. But at the same time, I, I, I don't know if you ever will. And this is something I would like to kind of nip in the bud, which is simply put, I would sit you and your husband together in a room and I would work the both of you over just to figure out, are you guys into this? Do you know, are, are you guys into each other or are you guys into marriage? See, this is marriage. It's the space between. Are, are, are you into marriage and he's into marriage because it's much easier to have this or are you into each other? And hey, I guess that's marriage because you know we're into each other. If both of you are into just being married, so then we have a ways to go. You may have worked on yourself a lot, but you may have also painted yourself into a corner to say that now that I got it worked out, now that I got certain things that I feel comfortable and confident on, with him, he may bring out my insecurities all over again. Maybe I don't want to be with that, but I want to be married, but maybe I don't want to be with those. So why can't he work on himself? And in truth, if he can still bring out your insecurities, so then ultimately he has so much to work on and you have so much to work on with each other, not on yourselves, but with each other. He's got to learn your love relationships, which I'm sure he has. And you have to learn his love relationships, which I'm sure you have. I'm sure you know each other's love relationships down to a science. However, if we're not practicing those love relationships, if we're not making them happen because we want to make them happen, rather, we're only living within ourselves. So then that could be really what has to be worked. We got to work you guys together. We got to sit you guys in a room. We have to have you curse each other out for a while. And get but does it happen? Them. Does it happen that one side wants it, the other side doesn't? So, yes, I can want this, but he doesn't. He checked out. It's been a year he checked out. And he's been he's been working towards moving on and it's he's out there he's on he's gone so yes i put in the effort i really wanted it i i i would I, I would have to hear his side meaning i would again i would sit him down and i'd work him over just to figure out right exactly. yeah, yeah let's move on yeah move on okay you want to bring him on email contact him if, if, if you can please email me, please, please email me if there's anything I can do to help. And I would love to, to try and help it, whether it's you taking a next step and having some kind of clarity or whether it's, um, you know, seeing stuff from the past, if there's still a way to make things work. Okay. I wanted to say something very interesting. You ready to be blown away, Barry? Please. So the, the girl who's single, she doesn't have a mother. And the person that, that we said that down with each other, she has the same name as her mother. Two names. Are you wow. following? 
Wow, wow, wow. Okay, just very interesting. Okay, uh, we have a lot more questions. It's already getting late. We'll try to cover another, whatever we could. Anybody else wants to ask live now is the time because Rabari, I know he has all night. It's only by him. What time is it now? Five o'clock in the afternoon, four o'clock? It's early, yeah, right? It's, only, it's, like it's only, it's nine o'clock at night. Yeah, I'm getting up. Can I, uh, I tell you who wins the Super Bowl? Because you don't know yet, right? Couldn't care less. Three hours behind. Okay, this is a question somebody emailed during the share, actually. How do you create change in your children and encourage them to feel like they can make change for the better? My son is stuck in a rut. He feels like he's failing and won't make it to the next grade. I don't put pressure on him to have a good grades. I just want him to pass through so it isn't stressful. I only request that he tries. He either speeds through things or skips a lot of stuff that he possibly knows, making his grades plummet. He gives up on most things quickly. If he slows down and gives himself a chance, I tell him he'll be more successful. For him, it's all or nothing. How do I help him achieve happiness for himself and pride with difficulty or having changing in his ways. Basically, how do you give your visit to your kids, to kids. positive change? So I, I, I really wish you would have did, she included in the question, the age of the child, because that makes such a big difference. No, 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 let's, 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 let's globalize it. Make it more broad. Yeah, let's make it more, more broad, okay. Talking so- about, um, talking about not little babies, we're talking about, you know, somewhat adultish. Okay. So, so, so I believe that, um, that, that number one, um, and I've told this to parents all, all the time, Leading by example is the number one thing. Leading by example is the number one thing. If you want your child to be successful in life, let's, let's leave out the skip, you know, getting into the next grade. We'll talk about the next, the next grade in a second, but being successful in life itself. If you want your child to be successful in life, it's leading by example. It's, it's having, Rebert to tell us the number one thing is having simple in the home, having a happy home. It's you yourself being consistent. If you want your child to be consistent, you must show within your own life consistency. You, you, you've got to do that. You have to show love uh, between you and your husband, husband and wife all the time that the children can feel that. The children can feel that they're living in a happy home the whole time. These are necessary building blocks to be able to give our children um, the best possible chance to be able to grow. Now, when it comes to trying to instill into our kids more of a reality um, in that. So number one, I would say that um, a lot of times for a parent, it's so frustrating. Now, let me put it this way. Um, I thought I was like the best parent in the world. And I thought I was the best mechanic in the world and all these different things. And um, I learned very quickly that with some of my children, when I do homework with them or I try to like do Korea with them, I lose it. I turn into the incredible Hulk and I'm just throwing things across the room. I, I just go crazy. I just, I can't deal with them. When I say things, you know, put the word children into that. You know, I, I, I just go absolutely mad because it just drives me nuts. And I learned early on that by me getting upset, I'm destroying the simcha in the home completely. And I'm not getting anywhere with my kid either way. So called up to school and I found out that they have a Korea specialist. I found out that they have uh, this specialist, that specialist. And I right away went and we got in touch with them and to do the Korea, to do all these different things. When you work with the school to get things done, and that's why I asked the age, because when it's a young eight or nine, it's much easier to do this. If we're dealing with a teenager, this answer will not apply, um, but you can deal with, well, it would apply a little bit, but not as much. You can deal with the school because generally the specialists have an in with the school and the specialist will know exactly what it is that the teacher will be asking or doing. And the specialist can finagle their way to be able to get your kids to get past that next hump. Take yourself out 
of trying to do the teaching as much as you can. You want your child to be happy in life? Bring happiness to the home and all around happiness. Specifics, if it turns you crazy, hire somebody else to do the specifics that you can leave your home in a simple place. Okay, so let me take it to the last question. We heard tonight all about change, growing, and I think the big Olam is ready to take that next step. But we have some fear of failure and fear of, of the unknown. How do we know what it's going to look like, the change? Rather stay where I am. Yep. Yep. That's why Hashem gave us Bechira. <laughs> Meaning that's why it's, it's, it's the greatest challenge of them all. It's the greatest, greatest challenge of them all. You know, it's almost beyond fear of what will be. It's the fear even of the process. I want to share with everybody something very, very personal to end off tonight. Because it happened only a few hours ago. Something that Mamash, if I, if I gave this last week, oh, I want to be able to give you this example. So, Baruch Hashem, Los Angeles is a very expensive place to live in. And I'm trying to run an organization over here. And I really, really do not like fundraising. I, I just don't. I, I, you know, it's very difficult for me. And today, I finally pushed myself to the point. We want to do one of those matching campaigns soon. And I pushed myself to the point that I'm going to start to reach out to people to go and do that. I was an angry, depressed, anxious, terrible person for the past at least week. And I kept on pushing it off and pushing it off. And I was trying to do all of my own shtick. I was trying to do all of my own, you know, REC pass it. It's a longer thing. It's, you know, I, 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 I was trying. Oh, I got to plug in. All right. Let me just plug in my computer. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was trying to see pass. And I, so finally today I took the plunge and I called the first guy. And he had such a positive response to me. And the next guy, and the next one. And I started to get more and more people. And all of a sudden, there was a momentum that started building. And after like I got done calling a lot of people, and Leo and Nemo, you're getting a call from me soon about this. After I, <laughs> after, after I got enough momentum to have called enough people and things really started to take focus, I started like clapping. I jumped up and I started to just, you know, and I became a different person. And my wife walked in, she's like, you see, practice what you preach, darn it, she said to me. <laughs> you know, when there's that challenge, so the way Coach Menachem said is people have a fear of what, what, what's on the other side, that's true. But even the process sometimes, there's fear. And I'm trying to tell everybody over here that Hashem put us into this world the way the Vilna Gain puts it is, if we're not changing ourselves and what's the purpose of life itself. And really what that drive is supposed to be is, is that nobody in this life who's ever become big, ever became big by being happy with who they once were and only ever dreamed of whom they can become. Those are the big people. And one more step here that I didn't say the progress, and this is really what leaning towards the question of Coach Menachem, to keep it going and to not be afraid of this failure is consistency. Rav Berkowitz would tell us he's never met 
anybody who's ever become big who wasn't infatuated with consistency, infatuated with being consistent, doing a little bit, but doing it every single day, doing a little bit more, but doing it every single day, being consistent. And if you fell, then you fell. Remember, it takes months. It may take more than that, but you're going to see change over the course of the next few months. If you're at Sadiq, if you just see, if you see clearly that there's going to be falls and you have to fall, you have to fall. You said, what about the fear of fall? Be thrilled when you fall, be thrilled. <laughs> Bang, there it is, baby. I fell. Woo! What a crazy fall that was. I, ha! You know, it's just, it's just, it's just amazing. Guys, I have a stuttering problem. I have a heavy, heavy stuttering problem. Nobody believes me, but be around when I get an Ali and Shul. When I was a kid, I used to stutter all the time. When I get an Ali and Shul, when they call me up, I can't say my own name. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, and I can't. And, and like, what's happening? And I just stutter and stutter and stutter. And as I'm doing that, in my mind, I'm laughing and I'm saying, you all don't know, but I actually speak for a living. <laughs> and I can't even get out my own name. And I take a thrill ride in the failure. Because, all right, Ari, you got knocked down. All right, you got knocked down. So you got embarrassed a little bit. Or uh, it didn't work out this time. But tomorrow's another day and you keep on going. Atsadik has the outlook. That's what it is. So just to review to end off tonight, find the big picture. What do you want? What's your big picture? Is it to read a book? Is it to write a book? Is it to become the best spouse? What is your big picture? And then why? Ultimate why? Keep on asking why. Keep on asking. With, with it, I'm, I want to write a book. Why? Because I have a lot of information. Not good enough. Because there's information that the world needs. Not good enough. Because I have to get it out to express myself. Because within my own originality, I believe by writing a book, I can feel great at expression. Fantastic. Maybe even go deeper. Keep on saying why until you find enough fuel to progress, not change, progress, to take steps towards it. And don't worry. You're going to start out thrilled. You're going to start out with a hype. Then you have your honeymoon stage with it. You're thrilled. Then you plummet and you feel blah. And then the next step will decide your entire reality. If you look at it like it's Sadiq and you say, I fell. Awesome. Hooray. That's absolutely fantastic. I fell. And tomorrow's another day. I'm going to pick myself back up. I'm going to keep on going. You keep that going. Eventually, you're going to gain control. And you're going to be consistent in gaining control. And the final step is, and tonight we don't have the time for this, you're going to make control a habit. The moment control becomes a habit of yours, the same way when you walk into a room, you just turn on a light. Do you know you turn on the light because you built a habit? When you were a little kid, you walked in and it was dark and you had this trigger in your mind. You said, it's dark. You crave the light. A trigger causes a crave. I want light. You do an action. You find the light switch. You turn it on. Now you got your prize. Trigger, crave, action, prize. Habits are built that way, and eventually it just gets into you. A little dirty secret that I didn't tell you all tonight is that all I'm telling you to do is to keep it up long enough that it turns into a habit. Good luck taking the Gemara away from Rebchaim Kanievsky. He's addicted because he's built a habit. Good luck taking a Gemara away from Greg Adela. They're addicted because it's a habit. You can build all these positive things into a habitual way of life. And then you take the next step and the next and the next. Okay, everybody. Chazaku Baruch. Thank you, everybody, again. 
Shkoyach to Rebari for coming on tonight. Mechazek, so many people, very powerful share. You got a little knocked around tonight. You see, the Doyle comes after you, right? I loved it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It was really Baruch Hashem. Mechazek, really so many people. Rebari, it was powerful stuff. Uh, again, I want to thank our sponsor tonight, uh, Mrs. Miriam Gold, the Gold family, the El Nishmas, their father, Shloyme Shimon, Berev Chaim, also for her sister that was killed in Auschwitz many years ago, Leah Dasa Bas Shloyme Shimon, and also her grandfather, who is Reb Chaim Ben Elazar. Next Sunday, again, we have a tremendously powerful program. We have next week world famous Reb Moshe Weinberger from Eish Kodesh, talking about getting, you know, getting out of that external robotics of us and becoming internally connected to Hashem. It's going to be a very powerful share. I just want to end. I just want to end with one word. You ready? I want to make a challenge for everybody out there. If you can find one thing that you want to do next, you can send me an email and together we can work on the ups and downs and see how you get out of your comfort zone. Take that challenge. Don't do it. Some, don't do it big. Start small. And in Mitzvah Shem, you'll learn how the process goes. You make it a habit, and you go from one thing to the next, and you learn how to grow in Mitzvah Shem. Yeah, I'll be the first one. I'm sending you an email soon. I'll, I'll jump on it. Okay, and again, everybody, so next week, Mitzvah Shem is going to be Reb Moshe Weinberger. Please come early. Try to join us. We're expecting a big crowd. Again, everything tonight is recorded. Tonight is Shear 40 Mem. Um, you can go to tomorrow to www.menachembernfeld.com to rewatch it. We'll email it out. It's also going to be on, you know, Apple, Apple Podcasts and it's going to be on Spotify. Also, if anybody wants to call in to listen, you just call in this number, 848-777-GROW, share number 40. Again, I want to thank all the advertising sponsors, like Scoop, Robbie Anit from Chazak, and then your Chazak from LA with a K. Keep it Chazak. Special thank you to Chaya Lekalf, Manishmul Summer from JCN, Jewish Content Network for always being here. Coach Menachem, closing words. Rabari, if you want to give another closing, it's up to you. You're... And one more time, say your email again. Ari at... Ari, and, and by the way, if anybody can just include me in that email, I'd love to see like those changes and I'd love to help you out. Ari, A-R-I, at wearechazak, C-H-A-Z-A-K dot com. And I, I, I would love, love, love to hear. And maybe one closing thought, which is, it's possible. At the end of it all, it's possible. It is possible, it is possible. I was not the best kid in my class. I was not the smartest kid in my class. I'm not the smartest guy around town, but there are plenty of dreams that I've had that I really, really have pushed for. And slowly but surely, following a process like this, I was able, Baruch Hashem, to, I think, accomplish and then hopefully keep on accomplishing. Rabbi Sai, it's possible. Your life is worth it. Your life is worth it. And please just do, just do. Okay. Yeah, so what, what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, it's much easier to stay where we are. Nothing to talk about if we just stay, do the same thing every day. But the secret is that life only happens out of our comfort zone. And that's what's, what burnout is all about. Many people have burnout, they don't even know they have burnout because they're just doing every day the same thing. And they tell themselves, this is what Hashem wants from me. But you talk to them and the whole life is lost. Life happens outside of your comfort zone. Do something different. Do something small. You're scared to do it. Yes, that's how it works. You're scared and you'll be surprised. 
it might work, might not work, but that's part of it. So find something out of your comfort zone. Doesn't have to be anything crazy. Well, for you, it's going to feel crazy because you haven't done it the past 10 years and you've stayed the same. Find that small thing. And then like Rabari says, when you do fall, be excited. Kaparot avonot. <laughs> That's it. You, get, you have to change the attitude because there's such a fear of failing that we don't want to go there. I don't want to fail. So rather stay where I am. But if we can create a culture of being excited to fail, let's do it together. And there's, there's a concept called fail fast. We have to fail anyways. So let's do it fast. Let's fa fail 10 times today. Let's go. Fail, fail. Good. Good job. Keep on failing because that's the only way how we grow. And that's where we get the, the chias in life. So thank you very much. And again, you can start your process, small things, send it in. Get, you can get friends. You don't have to do it with me. Get some friends. And uh, I'll tell you the truth. I have a group of friends that helped me with my failures. And that's how we grow. Hatzlocha, thank you so much. Everybody, good night. See you same time, same night, everybody. 10 o'clock. Don't be thank late. You, Barry. Thank you. Thank you, Coach Menachem, guys. It was really, really beautiful. Thank you, everybody, for sticking around for so long. Have a great night. Bahatzlacha Rabba. Take care. Amen. Oh,